This is Robert Clotworthy, the narrator of The Curse of Oak Island, and I have a question for you. Could it be that you are listening to The Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream? This is a top pocket find, mate, for sure. Hey, everybody, how are you doing? Top pocket find for sure. We have such a special guest here today with us. Hey, welcome to the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream. I'm your host, Jeff Freeman. And right over here, we have my co-host, Jack Campbell. Welcome, Jack. Welcome. Good afternoon, Jeff. I'm uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. I know this is a good one that I've really, really been looking forward to a lot. Uh, and I wanted to tell you folks, too, if you're watching out on YouTube, we really appreciate or any of our members or guests, uh, if you are out on YouTube, if you would give us a subscribe, you see that subscribe button right down there in the corner, just click on that subscribe button. It really helps us out in the long run. And we really appreciate it. And if we, if you like our content, give us a thumbs up, It kind of lets us know how we're doing and, and it give us an opportunity to do better, uh, and bring more things to you in the future. So, um, so yeah, today we have a very special guest, uh, uh, somebody that, uh, like I said, I've been looking forward to meeting and talking with for a long time. And without further ado, let's bring on Maddie Blake. Maddie, how are you doing? Welcome. Welcome, Jeff, Maddie. Jeff, Jack, thanks for having me. Hi, everybody. So, you know, it's, it's like I said, I've been waiting for this one for a long time and, uh, you have so much going on with the, with drilling down and, and uh, and beyond Oak Island and stuff like that that we we're so very interested in, and plus the, the 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 enthusiasm that you bring to the show is just phenomenal, and you drag us all right along with you, and that's fantastic. So um, we really appreciate the work that you do, obviously, on the Thank island. You. Thank you. That's very nice. Thank you. That's exactly what I'm going for. You know, like I want to be a conduit between the fans and and the show, and they've understood that, and and that's so when someone says that to me. I feel like I'm doing my job because that's really all I am. I'm a fan uh, put in the midst of a real life treasure hunt. And if you can't get excited about that, then you ain't my type of person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know that's it. So true. And and it's that, you know, it, it, to watch you when you're on there and you, and seeing your motions, you know, you, you're, you're into it. your hands are up there and you're like, you know, and your facial expressions and it's, we get to live it through your eyes. And it's, and, and we feel that enthusiasm and how I, you know, I look at you and I'm like, that's how I would be if I was on the island right now talking to these guys and, and it, looking at this stuff. I'd be just going, I'd be beside myself. So that, and you bring that, and that's exactly what we love. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, how you got to, you know, be on TV. We know you do commercials. I've seen some of those and, uh, you know, over the years. And, and even though we may not have realized that we've seen your work or heard you uh, in some cases, You've done so much stuff, but going back to your roots uh, early on, was this something that you thought you'd be getting into to, to be on TV and a voice actor and all of that? No, it was the furthest thing from, uh, you know, that was like saying I, I wanted to build an alien spacecraft, and, <laughs> you know, go to go to Mars. It was well, not something I thought of actually as a way to make a living until I was in my 20s, to be quite frank. I wanted to be a police officer my whole life, childhood on and um i was studying to be that now all through my life huge fan of film television mm -hmm. comedy um and uh and a as a paranormal experiencer mm -hmm. and i grew up with these fanciful tales and 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 tales of the paranormal so i was always sure. into that stuff but i never thought it could all jumble together and make me a living at any time in my life until i started doing it i moved to downtown boston started doing live sketch and improv and acting and, and stand up mm -hmm. and just performance 
And long story short, that led me after, you know, getting my 10,000 hours locally in, in New England, in the Boston area, um, I got signed by a major bi-coastal agency wow. after, after making a, 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 the finals of a, of a talent showcase and mm -hmm. was signed. And then I made my living as a full-time actor for over 20 years, uh, oh, doing, wow. doing voiceovers, doing on-camera commercials, uh, hosting came about 10 years in eight, eight to 10 years in, I started hosting all <laughs> kinds of things for all kinds of different, um, online things like VH one. I did shows for them. Yep. I, yep. I did shows for NBC sports, their digital platform. Um, so when, when I first, when the world kind of first saw me on a grand scale on Oak Island, I had more than my 10,000 hours. Hmm. So although it was a huge opportunity, I had been doing it for 20 years almost. So right. it was, it was a perfect uh, gig for me at the time. Yeah. And I think you actually, like you, you had mentioned comedy, you actually uh, you did a little stand up, did you? Did yeah. you not? That was my bread and butter. I mean, I, that's really what got me going in performance was my brother actually signed me up for an open mic night in Boston mm -hmm. and I won it. And, you know, so right out of the gate, I only had two minutes of material really? but right out of the gate. I, I did well. And I kind of worked my way up through the Boston scene. And um, kind of learned about performance and live performance and hosting things. And I was also I was often a host uh, of these stand up shows, so I kind of learned about that. Um, obviously, not really called on to use those muscles on the Oak Island journey. Although mm -hmm. I'll tell you this: the the cast and crew we love to laugh. Marty loves to laugh. Rick loves to laugh. I I lay back and let Gary Drayton do his puns. <laughs> I just yeah, let him go because you know my job is not to be funny with them although my job is to uh kind of infiltrate into what they're doing get to know them and so laughter is a big part of it but most of that kind of happens off the air um although as Jack was saying if you look at season 1 of drilling down till now uh there's probably a lot more comfort and a lot more laughter that goes on on camera as well yeah. And that's something that, you know, we've realized, and I, and I know we'll get to this as we go along here today as well, but you know, just the, 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 uh, everybody being so genuine on the show. Um, and you see some of the smiles and some of the, and you know, there's a lot of stuff going on that's off camera that we don't get to see. And there's thousands and thousands of hours of camera, uh, you know, footage being taken. And then we, we see just small portions of it. But you get that sense, and and I know you've alluded to that in some of the other um, interviews you've done and stuff. That family sense that that you have there on the island, um, and you're part of that. And and to be part of that has to be a phenomenal feeling uh, in that group. You know, you're you're part of that group. You are one of the fellowship of the dig, no matter whether you like it or not. You are, and we love that too. So yeah, it's it's got to be such an experience to to uh, you know the laughter and the uh, and and sometimes and I've heard you mention this to also is it going through a day where nothing really happened and, and you gotta, you know, lift everybody's spirits in some way, you know, because we see that we're like, Oh boy, you know, I've, there's gotta be days where they didn't find a thing and nothing really was accomplished. That's it. I mean, so a lot of times when I've been shooting drilling downs, mm -hmm. I have been there watching in what we call video village, some of the biggest moments that you've seen on the main show. Mm -hmm. So I was there filming drilling down. So you don't see me on the main show, but I was there on Island when these things happened. A lot of these things happened really great and really frustrating and disappointing moments as well. And so I have had to wear both hats, you know, feed off the excitement and go in and interview them right after they received unbelievable news. And also 
the opposite when they've been disappointed and I've had to try to find a way to draw something out of them when everyone's down and everyone's disappointed. Um, and that's very real. That's all very real. This is a real treasure hunt and Prometheus does nothing to embellish. What you see is what you get. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's quite an emotional roller coaster, really is, but we, we have become very close. You spend, I, I often equate it to like a little bit of a, of a military operation, probably more apt is a, a sports team uh, because, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not life and death, although it is dangerous to treasure hunt, but yeah, you know, yeah, you, 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 you have a goal, you're a team, you're up against the clock <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and there's pressure and these little victories you're, you know, we're fist bumping, we're high-fiving right. before COVID we were hugging, you know, so it's all, yeah. it's yeah. all real. It's all, it's great. It's kind of funny because they tease you right back too, because when they, you do your openings really down, yeah. I think the list last year, they had something that one of the uh, shovels pulled over where you could not see what was on the other side. That's right. And he was trying like anything and they, they says, nah, you got to wait. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then, you know, off camera, I, I always get over there to see it, but I can't talk about it on camera. Yeah. And that's one of the hardest parts of the job too. Like mm. I know things, I know things months ahead of time for when the audience knows it or weeks at least. Mm. And, and like that, that road in, in the swamp, I couldn't wait for people to see the visual of that stone road. I mean, it was so massive in person, um, just shocking to see it. And I, I couldn't wait for you guys to see it. And then that drilling down to your point, Jack, it was right over my shoulder. We had to shoot it. So it was blocked by one of the pieces of land there. The old Nolan extension is blocking yeah, it yep, from yeah. view. And I'm, I'm going, what's over there? And they really, I didn't want to see it either because I wanted to capture that, that I, I couldn't see what it was. And yep. I, I don't, I don't want to fake that. I don't want to act that. Um, so then, you know, after we shut down, I, I got to go see it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> see, so, that's yeah. the thing that that's a, I was going to bring that up. That was one of the things I was going to talk about was the fact that they hide that stuff from you, too. And you're yes, you've got, <laughs> got to be driving you crazy because you're right there. You're on the island and they got an excavator blocking you, the viewer, whatever it is. And they're handing you the ring bolt, you know, yeah, the, the ring bolt, and you're like looking at it. And, and that's got to be to hold that stuff. You know, it's got to be phenomenal. And then you're, you're kind of like wanting to <laughs> see what's over there. And I'm, and I'm glad to hear you say that they, you know, obviously, and we get that impression that you're not acting that that's your actual take um, of, of that moment because you didn't get to see it. And that's the same thing that we, we've got, you know, I've, I've had the, the I've been so honored to have some of the other people that I've had on my show, uh, Laird Niven and, and Steve Guptill and Aaron Taylor. And, you know, these guys, all of them have told me how genuine it is. Mm. And so when the cameras are there filming, they're catching their actual reaction to it right now. They're not saying, oh, hey, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's go, let's get this up and set this up and have everybody get, oh, wow, and all that. No, you're seeing the actual expression when they, when Gary pulls something out of the ground and he says, oh, you know, he, <laughs> he makes his, uh, you know, the, uh, says right. the things that he does. You know, it's happening right now. And that's the thing we love about it. It's right. not scripted. In other words. Or they call Rick right away. They got yeah. Rick on the phone for yeah, Rick, let's Rick on the phone. right away. Mm -hmm. let's that's get him over it. here that's it yep and that's phenomenal and that's the kind of thing that we really uh we really we love about the show because you you get that you get that feel for it um going back a little bit to uh your your roots you know you talked about i know there was a you were on the golf channel you've done so many different things i mean i i was trying to read it was like when i got the opportunity to to uh I have um uh, robert clotworthy on the show uh, and you start that you go through his past and you're like 
okay, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling at all the things that he's done. That's like you, you know, you start looking at this stuff, all these things that you've done over your career. One of them I thought was really cool was on the golf channel. You were the golf detective. Yeah. Well, what was that all about? Oh, that was one of my favorite jobs I ever had. Uh, so there's this great uh, golf reporter commentator by the name of Jimmy Roberts. He's kind of a sports legend here in America. Yep, right. And he had a show called In Play with Jimmy Roberts, which he envisioned, as I remember it, to be a sort of 60 minutes, but for golf oh, okay, with yeah, yeah, different yeah. segments. And he yep. was looking for a kind of closing segment, Andy Rooney type thing that would just be human interest stories involving golf, just a cute little way to end the show mm -hmm. or a compelling, thoughtful way to end the show. And um, so this idea of the golf detective came up. And, and I, and, you know, I, I said to Jimmy, like, if people actually submitted us real mysteries and, and, and we try to solve these things. So mm -hmm. we, we took, you know, uh, submissions and, and producers came up with ideas of what would be a good, so we would, you know, I'm trying to think like one of them was, um, oh, how was the mulligan invented? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, in golf, you get someone, so we yep. literally researched that. And we, we ended up in two country, one country club of Montreal said they claimed it. And another one in, I believe, New Jersey claimed it. And we, I investigated it for real. Like I do in Oak Island. I was like, let's, I interviewed people. We hit the, we <laughs> beat the streets, researched, found out. And we, and we came up with an answer. So it was, it was a blast. It was a blast. Now a mulligan would have to, it seems to me like it would have been, a, you know, named after the guy that always wanted to use that, you know, Hey, let me, let me take that shot over. Yeah. So you're, you're right on. Mulligan. I don't know. You're that, right on. Um, is it? <laughs> there's actually, there's, there's controversy about it. It's funny. So real quick, I can make this very quick. Ahead, uh, yeah. Country club of Montreal claimed it. Mm. And then there was a course in America that claimed it. And after our research, it was quite obvious that there was, it was actually in writing that the American course had been using this term way before the Canadian course. Oh, really? And wow. yet, and yet um, the USGA approved Montreal as being the home of this mulligan. Oh. It made no sense. We had it in writing earlier, right? Mm -hmm. And I interviewed a guy from the USGA and he actually said during the interview, uh, uh, when we called to get the interview, he said something effective, uh, I don't I don't know what you mean by mulligan. Are you talking about if you hit the ball out of bounds, you re-tee and it's stroke and distance. And I said, <laughs> oh my God, I get it now. The USGA didn't want to be associated with mulligan because oh, to them it doesn't yeah. exist. It's cheating. So yes. They said, "Oh, give it to Canada. Let Canada <laughs> Canada be the cheaters." <laughs> yeah, but it was named oh, after man, a guy, yeah. Jeff. You're right. It was a guy who ran like the the locker room by the name of Mulligan. Wow. And he would all they would he was right there at the first tee, so they would mm -hmm. often he would be the odd man if they needed a force. Sometimes they go, "Mulligan, get out here." Oh and wow! They did it so many times that he said, "As legend goes, he said, wait a second." I'm at a disadvantage. I've been working all day. You're calling me out to play in this match. You guys are all warmed up. I get two shots off the first tee because I'm not warmed up. I've been working. And so someone wrote an article in their local paper saying he takes his mulligan shot. Mulligan takes his mulligan. So oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That is awesome. See, yeah, and I, that's the kind of thing, you know, with that show and being the golf detective, that's, that's perfect. Cause that's the kind of things you guys would look up. That's yeah. I'm a golfer. So that really is. Yeah, really. Yeah. Like so so I tried my hand at regular ball golf, and I, I, I'm okay with it. But I like playing disc golf personally. That's oh, my nice. big thing. I, I love playing disc golf. That's a, I got my, uh, my uh, one back there. I keep in behind me there on the shelf. But anyway, Excellent. as we digress there on that, um, you also do voiceover work. Yeah. 
So is that something, uh, you know, that you still do or just in the past or uh, tell us a little bit about that? Oak has become, you know, really a full-time job for me. I bet. So the only real regular voiceover work I'm doing are for my special. So Robert is the voice of the Curse of Oak Island. Mm -hmm. He's the goat. He's the goat. He's the man. I love him. But I do voice the drilling down specials, if you mm -hmm. if you yep. notice. So uh, those those take some time. I do them down here in my, I call it Matty Road Studios, my home there studios. You go. So uh, yeah, I don't do a lot of that anymore, but I did for years, just like Robert. You know, that was my bread and butter during my, you know, working actor years was voiceover. If I, if I, if I had a day job in between the on-camera stuff, it was, it was voiceovers. I had a lot of different clients. Um, I you, go ahead. Sorry, Jack. But you didn't do animation like Robert did, no, right? No, no, I did. I never got into that. I was heavy into narration and promo. Um, so, you know, I did a show for VH1 again, um, a, a music doc show for them. I did a lot of commercial VO. I was for Sharpie on and on. I mean, the, you know, it went on for yeah. 20 years. So my clients were, it was a long list. Yep. There is one that I, and I wanted to, uh, link this. Um, all right, maybe I didn't, there was, I was looking at, I, I, it looks like I didn't save it. I thought I saved it and it looks like I didn't. Um, so it's gone, but there was, I was going to link a, um, and maybe Linda can do it or somebody in the chat can put it up there, but there was uh, on your YouTube page, um, the channel, there is actually a, a, like a one minute segment of you doing the, uh, like the, uh, celebrity, uh, um, the therapy, I forget what it's called now. Uh, it's, it's where all the celebrities that have, you know, have, a, you know, have an uh, issue. You know, celebrity um, rehab. Rehab. Thank yes, you. Gosh, yes. I lost that word for a second. Yes. Celebrity rehab. It's like a minute long that you did. It's hilarious. Now, you. putting stuff together. I love doing stuff like that. You know, I, I like putting little films together or a little, I, you know, I like to write a script and then come up and try to get it all filmed with, you know, I don't, I don't like being the actor. I want other people to be the actor, but that was hilarious. And I was going to put the link up for it. And I guess I, I lost that banner for some reason. I didn't save it, but there's a link to it. You guys can find it out there. It's on the uh, YouTube page. It's Maddie. I think it's your, it's your page, right? That you have. Out there I believe so. I haven't touched that in so long. I, yeah. It's my YouTube page, but I, I don't, I haven't touched that in years. So it's probably pretty old stuff, but I, you know, <laughs> I have no problem with you sharing it. <laughs> that was really fun. Thank you. Um, it's one of the, uh, the other things that, uh, you know, and I, this was listening to, um, you know, when I, I, Deidre and Dustin White are some good friends of ours and, and our group and our show. Um, and they, um, we, we, they have their podcast and their uh, Facebook, uh, show called the, uh, it's, it's could it be Oak Island, uh, great stuff. And I was listening to the interview that they did with you. Um, and it was really interesting because they called you the head acorn. And I, and I, and I, I was like, that's right. He is the head acorn. Where did that all come about? The head acorn. Yeah. That came from Rick and Marty. Um, that I had, I, I, I first heard that term on Island from Rick and Marty mm -hmm. and Marty said to me, we were just about to do a take. And he, and he said, um, this had to be season one or two. And he said, uh, you know, what Leghorn is right. And I said, uh, I, well, yeah, he said, no, in terms of Oak Island, he said an Oak Island nut. And then they said at some point on camera during a drilling down, they said, well, you're the lead or I forget the phrase. He was either lead acorn or, or head acorn. Um, so I felt like I had been knighted 
<laughs> exactly right yeah that's right because you're there you are you're the lead of all of us because all of us you know i when we get new members um you know in our group and then we welcome everybody and i say hey fellow acorns welcome you know like yeah. that and, uh, so yeah so we're gonna have you we're gonna have to get your picture we're gonna put it on there as the head acorn the leader of all of us well i'll tell you it, it, it was a it was a funny little thing but it's it honestly kind of helped crystallize and helped me define what my role was at the time because i remember going home to the to my you know place where I stay there when I'm on island and I was thinking about it and I was I, early on I was trying to become an Oak Island expert I I, I I just figured like I have to know every single thing there is to know about the history of this island I was studying like I was back at school yep. I made flashcards so I knew dates if anyone asked me dates I'd yep. have them down I studied all the theories and it's and when when Marty and Rick said that I said wait a second I don't have to be an expert on Oak Island. I have to know my stuff, but mm -hmm. I don't have to be an expert. But what I do have to be an expert in is this show. Right. And, and I have to be an expert in how the fans view this show and my relationship helping bridge the gap between the show and the fans and getting this story out there to the world. That Now that's a job that I can really right. uh, take on. And so it helped kind of define my role. Like, yeah, I'm the head acorn. I get it now. Let's do this. And they, and they have... Rick and Marty are so amazing and we could talk about them later. I'll, I'll, I could do an oh, hour. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, just it's how great. wonderful they are. They, so Rick, Rick is like the biggest hearted person maybe I've ever met. He he's chased me. He's chased me through parking lots to give me things <laughs> when he's going to be late for his flight home. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, the man is just unbelievable. And Marty is huge heart and one of the smartest men I've ever met. You have a conversation with Marty. You can talk about politics, <laughs> faith, family, uh, energy. He gave me a, a, he talked to me for like 45 minutes when I was with him recently about the grid and he explained the grid system to me and energy and uh, how America works. You know, he's just, and so to be with these two people who, by the way, have gone out of their way time and time again to include me, to bring me in. They'll tell me off camera, they'll say, you're we well no rick just said it on camera i couldn't believe he said it he said we couldn't do this without you they they understand and i say that i don't mean that i agree with that i i'm i say that with all humility mm -hmm. what i'm saying is i'm shocked at the level to which they value my role i right. think they see now oh this is how this is our number one salesman in a way you know this is yeah, our number yeah, one con yeah. conduit like let's because that's very important to them is sharing the story of oak island as rick always says yeah. and so it's like hey use me i'll do things like this this is part of my job all day yeah. every day i will wear the oak island banner everywhere yeah. you know one of the things that impressed me about rick was and i forget how many seasons ago it was when the restaurants came up to the island yeah. I, i'm like you were there but they had the scene where Rick's sitting with the mother and they were going through that diary. It just kind of hit me. I mean, this is a man taking the time and telling her, I am going to finish this diary. I am going to turn the pick. And that just impressed me so much. I don't, I don't, you know, I just impressed. Me. Yeah. That, that, that the human aspect of the Oak Island story is paramount to both Rick and Marty. They really get moved. Um, I guess maybe Marty can hide it a little bit better on camera than Rick can. Rick's always welling up. I'm always welling up. Like we're very heart on our sleeve type of people, yep. but both of them, uh, that's what they value most 
Um, you know, I know for a fact, they both love the fact that teachers use Oak Island in classrooms. They, they can't really? get over that. Oh yeah. Cause they both, they both truly really value education mm-hmm. and, and they love that this show has kind of become about engineering in a lot of ways yep. and oh, archeology span yeah. in a lot of ways, science, earth sciences, um, and, and engineering type things. So they love that. They're like, they, they, they are so proud of that aspect of it. The one thing I really have witnessed throughout the show is the change that Marty has had on the whole thing mm-hmm. from the beginning to where he is from beginning to where he is right now. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, I mean, I, I constantly use his words against him in a way <laughs> and he's accepted. He said to me, one of the first times I ever spoke with him, he says, you show me man-made workings, proven man-made workings on this Island at depth pre money pit. I'm fully in. And yep. that has happened. What? 12 times now in the last, oh, yeah. just this yep. season, yep. just right. this season, they found the <laughs> oldest wood in the money pit this season mm-hmm. at 181 feet at 181 feet down this season, they found wood older than the money pit. And we know the head and shaft, not to get too technical, not to get too dense in the, in the minutia of it, but we know that head and shaft, according to the records hit the money pit or intersected with the money pit. Right. And they're pulling up wood older than 1795, significantly older than 1795 at depth, 181 feet. So Marty's just like fully in now. Like he's yeah. like, what's next? Yeah, I know. It's and that's, amazing and that's, transformation. that's how we feel about that too, because, you know, when you, when you find even the, even the stone road, um, you know, and that was something that, you know, we talked about the fact that, you know, obviously over the last several episodes, and I, I mentioned this cause I do a, uh, I, every, well, generally it's on Wednesday nights. I do a recap of the show that's on Tuesday night. Got it. And we kind of talk about what they've discussed. And over the last like five shows or weeks in a row, I've talked about the stone road and the, uh, you know, the findings at the end of the road now with the wall and all of that, uh, the money pit and the, you know, work that's going on on the ball property. So, and I think, wow, people are going to get tired of hearing about this, but it's not (laughs) because they keep finding more and finding the wood that's in there to date it. Uh, And also, like you said, the wood that they found in the money pit to date that, it, it's they find new stuff that that ties us all together and something that you alluded to just a moment ago and i know you feel this way because i've heard you speak about it and we know that rick feels about this and i do as well it's the story would we love yeah. and i my the members are going to hear me say this again they're going to go oh there he goes again but i i say this so much but the fact that would we love to see them pull up a big chest of gold or the the uh the ark of the covenant or whatever would we love to see them pull all this up out of the ground yes we would but on the other hand, I want to know, I want answers to the story. Who's yeah. been there? Why? The, the who, what, why, when, and where that Rick talks about. That is what fascinates me. I'm a lover of that history. And so when I have, and that's going to lead me into one of my questions that I was going to say for later, but I'm going to throw it out there now. You did, you did the top 25 uh, of theories and whatnot for the yeah. show. Yeah. What do you think? What do you like of those? I mean, is there, I, I know I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, with that. Well, I, well, in, in more ways than, you know, I, I, I was dreading this question because I've answered this question Have you? at length many, well, but, but it's not your fault. It, it's, it's all good. It's all good. I just, um, I have to be super careful because oh yeah, my opinion, my opinion has changed. That's all I can say. Ah, okay. All right. Good. Yeah, good. That's keep, all, keep watching. All Keep watching. Because yeah. I know we've see this smile? Of, you see, do you see this yeah. smile? Yeah. Keep watching. All right. Because, you know, we've had a lot of serious time. We just had Jim McCann on here just a couple of weeks ago. Fantastic, fantastic show. And then he turned around and he's right on Oak Island right after that. We were going, wow. I mean, you know. 
Yeah, we Nothing had James like... on. Yeah, we did an interview with James McQuiston just oh. like a week and a half ago. Yeah, uh, on a fun. on a Saturday or two weeks ago on a Saturday, we had James on, and right after he was on the show, then the very next episode in season eight, 19, I think it was episode nineteen, he was on. They were showing him talking yeah. about everything, and he didn't know. You know, he goes, "I didn't know I was going to be on there because <laughs> James and I, he lives." relatively close to where i am oh. so him and i become you know we, we talk a lot you know on the phone and stuff about you know everything but either he was on the show given you know more of his theory about the scottish you know the scots coming over and uh and all that and that's it's phenomenal because it constantly is changing you know we know that there's been so many different people on the island over the years and it's just you know who who what why where and where you know we just got to get to the end of this and and working with these theorists, but I'm, I'm really happy to hear you say that because that means you may have had a thought of what was your favorite. Now it's changed because of new developments and I can't or, see. Or, or solidified. Or solidified. I just, as we approach this season finale, I just want to be very careful and not because I'm, I've I gone, know. I've gone from like, I'm pretty sure based on everything, this is what I think to like, Oh, I think I would bet all my money now that I think, I have a, I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that just, what about that members? You know, that's, uh, that's bringing us. We yeah. got it. You know. And it's exciting. It is. And we all and are. That, that's always Oak Island. There's, I've said that every, I've said the same thing virtually at the end of every season. And that's, I say, just hold on. Cause there's something good coming. And every season there's some, you know, the ship anomaly. I'm still not oh. done with that ship anomaly in the swamp, by the way. Jack, well, right there. Either. I've been talking about Jack. <laughs> I mean, I was just, I, you know, they I just said that in the promo for next week, and I'm going, my ears are just shot yeah, right up yeah. in the air. I mean, so. you know, 50 feet deep, I believe it was, uh, 200 feet long, mm -hmm. potentially, yeah. if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, and right. I, I, that was, that was one of those moments you guys alluded to earlier where, uh, that was the first time that was a huge thing for me in, in my role on drilling down was that. I was always either teasing, like I just did, wait till you see what's coming up, <laughs> or I was talking about a, a, a result, a find right. at, that the well, you were you were in that meeting. That's right? correct. So we filmed that drilling down special, and it was really cool. The late Kevin Burns was there. He 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 didn't go a lot of times to set, but he was there that <laughs> week. And and him, Rick just walked in with a smile on his face. Now, <laughs> most people had no idea what was coming, what the results were going to be. But I kind of noticed there was some smiles on some faces, and so I did my prep and everything. And Kevin just goes, "Um, why don't you stick around? Ask him, ask him if you can stick around. You know, when when the results come in." I'm like, "Oh, really?" So you saw it live on the air, or not live, but you saw it on the air, drilling down right. in that episode. If you remember, I said, uh, "Do you guys mind if I?" And Rick and Marty just like, "Oh, stay. You're part of this team. Stay, stay." So I got to be in the room when they received that that. Uh, <laughs> information about this potential ship shaped anomaly and then i freaked right. out i was like you need to dig now i mean you just, I just halfway out of your chair yeah i mean how couldn't you and and then so yes they've been unsuccessful in tracking that down as as of you know up till now but um with all the strange stuff in the swamp i just i i don't know i haven't i just i haven't given up on that darn ship have you met a new archaeologist at all? I know you've been Aaron Taylor, mm -hmm. but the two young ladies also that are working yes. there this year. Yep, they were. We did them. Uh, we we had. I interviewed them in a drilling down um, 
I think it was our first or second special this season. I can't remember, but it's when I held the uh, Billy handed me one of the spikes that they found. Uh, right. she, she was in that interview and I got to spend some time with her and get to know her. Uh, that was very early on, like when she was first kind of joining the team. Um, so she seemed to grow into that. She seemed to, they've both seemed to grow into that. They speak now. They don't, they were too scared yeah. to earlier in the year. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it awesome to see like young, uh, bright, super smart, super intelligent experts in their field out in the field? It's it's yep. so fun to watch. It really is, and that's something too to say for, about the show itself. I mean, we go back to season one, and we saw you know Rick and Marty out there, and they're bringing a drill rig coming out, and it's falling through the mud and everything, yeah. and it was just them guys. You know, and saying, hey, let's grab a shovel and let's go out there. We're going to dig some holes and then we're going to look for treasure. Um, and it, it has evolved into now look at the team that they have. You're included in that. But the team that they have built of experts in every area. And that's, you know, bringing the archaeologists on even like, you know, Marty says, oh, here's the dreaded archaeologist. But yet he knows that that having them there is is a godsend because not only, and I've heard you allude to this as well, uh, about helping to speed things up. And you can talk about that a little bit if you'd like in just a sec. But, but, but having that team of people, those experts, we like that as well because now you're getting, you're getting answers a lot quicker, especially with like Carmen. And I've interviewed Carmen as well. You know, they're able to take stuff over to Carmen and he can look at it and he can tell you with his expertise, yeah. yes, you know, information right now about that. Yes. Um, so, but you had, you had talked about that in one of the other shows about the archaeologists. So yeah. Well, if you don't yeah. Just the growth of that team. Mm -hmm. You look at the Samuel Ball Foundation. It is a straight up archaeological dig site. It's yep. massive footprint of science being applied in the ground <laughs> and little moments. I just, I think what you're alluding to Jeff, is I was saying a, a couple of weeks ago in one of these that, uh, you know, there's little moments like two weeks ago on the episode where Gary was, uh, metal detecting in a trench, right? And mm -hmm. he hits something and he just calls Aaron Taylor over and he goes, Hey, we should let Aaron do this because I don't know. Now, normally if they're not on Island, he's got to stop down. Yep. You got to go apply. You got to get someone on the Island. He's got to look at it. He's got to report back. But if you have them on site, you see, yep. Yep. they can just go, Oh yeah, you can move that rock now mm -hmm. I can, or, or stop. <laughs> so some people will say, Oh, they're going to slow things down. Just stop. It's the opposite. In my, from what I've seen, it's actually move things they can in almost live time get approval, you know, and, right. and it, and it, and it helps it's helped expand the search. It's incredible. Yeah. That's phenomenal. And that, and like you said, just bringing those experts on and, and it does, and it helps speed things up because now, um, you know, there was a, there in, you know, the, talking about Gary, you know, when he finds something, you know, we want it, it. I guess, I guess where I'm headed with this is the fact that they are well-documented. You know, people, uh, the members have heard me say uh, a bunch of times about Dunfield, the destroyer. I call him Dunfield, the destroyer, uh, <laughs> you know, cause he came out to the Island and he was so sure he was going to find something. So he was just destroying everything in the process of finding things. So they've said, and, and this was something that um, both Aaron and, and Laird had talked about is that everything on the East side of the swamp, they really don't need to have an archaeologist look at it. They don't need to get permits or whatever, but everything on the West side, they do. Um, and the East side is because it was destroyed so much by all the searchers over the years uh, and the things that they were doing to it. Um, so, but the fact, the simple fact that, that uh, Rick and Marty and they brought these people out, they want to do it the right way. 
And that's something that they're that shows their integrity. They want to do it the right way. Yeah. They want things documented, well yeah. documented. You got Steve Guptel coming out there with his GPS to yeah. log exactly where everything is. It helps them to track something, but it also documents everything. And Craig yeah. Tester being such a, a data man, you know, you've worked with Craig. I mean, what can you say about him and his data? Oh, I mean, Craig <laughs> Tester is, uh, I, <laughs> I just love the guy. I love the guy. He's uh super brilliant. I've always said it. Um, he's really underrated. Hilarious. He's very he? funny. Oh my God. He he's pound for pound. The funniest guy of the whole, really? the whole yeah, he a team. I know. I know. He's Mr. Like, you know, a comments man. You go, Craig, did you just say? <laughs> and we're all dying laughing. But it, it, after a while, you do expect it. He's very dry. He's very. He's mm. a listener. He's a thinker. He's brilliant. He's brilliant, and he just takes everything in. And then he'll say that one zing line, you know. And he's just so good. I I love the guy. Um, but yeah, that I, that the eastern side, the money pit area, has been churned up. Um, I mean, you know, even the eighteen sixty one collapse. There, there's an entire collapse of that whole area that we know happened. Um, and I, not to de defend Dunfield, I, I, I wouldn't presume to do that, but I do kind of think he was a man of his time and, and back then environmental regulations and everyone watching what you're doing, it wasn't happening. No, no cameras. Yeah, he was up against the clock. He was running out of money mm -hmm. and he simply did what many people will say on Facebook <laughs> or wherever just dig a huge hole. You yes. know what I mean? <laughs> Blow it up. So, because people get frustrated. I understand that inkling. So I, I, I wouldn't defend him, but I, I kind of feel, I feel for him a little bit as we look back on history at him. I think it's really easy to go like, he destroyed this whole thing. And there's a, I think that picture of him with a cigar, chomping the cigar and the bulldozer is a little <laughs> damning. You know, it's like a little, yeah, it, is. It, it might make him look uh, more of a destroyer, as you said. But uh, when I think back then, of a man who's invested in this and running out of money and running out of time. And he just thinks to himself, and by the way, that thing he's sitting on back then was like modern technology at its best, right? He's using the latest, greatest hole digging technology. So he's like, I'm going to take this thing and I'm going to make a hundred by hundred foot hole. And we're going to find out what's down there. No more life loss. Let's do this. And so I kind of, I don't know. I just want to throw that out there. Sometimes that's what I think of. No, that's very true. And I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's very true. And, and, he did have what the modern technology of the time. And, uh, and, and I think he was pretty sure, but like you said, he was running out of money. He did yeah. have to do something, uh, drastic. And, you know, we talk about the big dig now and that's something that, uh, we hope gets, gets done. But again, um, we don't know for sure. Um, again, I want to your project. If I, if I remember what I'm saying, that big mm -hmm. dig would be big money, big project. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And we hope that happens. Uh, one thing I wanted to, this is going back to um, the drilling down uh, episodes, you know, and it's kind of, I was looking at the, the episodes, how they, you know, went over the years and that show itself, because of you, I think really, and what you bring to it um, has grown, you know, initially it was just a, a couple of episodes. I think it, I think the first season had six and then there was like two and two, but it has grown since then. And again, I think that has a lot to do with you. What's your um, what's your take on the whole drilling down? And like, what's one of your favorite drilling downs? That, that you've ha, that's a great question. So yeah, it's grown. I've done more and more specials as the years have gone on. Um, and and 
you know, it started as a Jack and I were talking offline a little bit. And he said, I remember it was in a studio that first season of drilling down, which is season three of the main show. Mm -hmm. Uh, we were in a New York city studio. I went out to the Island and interviewed just the brothers, uh, in the old war room as part of that, that those series of specials, I think we did 12 or 13 of them. I, I, I can't remember. Um, and so we used those interviews that, so I only went to Oak Island once to interview them. Mm-hmm. Then it became more embedded journalist on the island, if you will, embedded investigator, uh, embedded fan. And that's, I think, the late Kevin Burns, my my friend and, and one of my big mentors, um, that was his vision of the role originally from what he told me at various dinners and things was that he's like, you know, he's say, uh, I wanted like a Geraldo, I wanted Geraldo Rivera on that island. You know, <laughs> uh, he was so funny. He was so funny. He'd go like, I wanted him on the island saying, here's what's happening. And you know, cutting to him and going. So it, it kind of evolved into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll do anywhere from, I don't know, 12 to 13 specials. Uh, and, and it can seem like less or more because of how they're stacked sometimes. So, right. you know, one year we did the, the, the top 25 finds series and, mm-hmm. and, and this year we stacked a bunch up front. I did a bunch of specials actually this year before the season even ran right it was like three or four specials i remember like in the preseason leading up and then the one hour kickoff special drilling down right right Right. people are like where's maddie i'm like i've already done six of them (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) and and so and then i did like three in the middle we did the um the gary one gary's top 10 five yes gary's yes exactly um so yeah every year it changes on how we do them some of that this obviously last season this past season was a lot due to covid um, I had to be there for, usually I go stay for a time, get the intelligence I need, do the interviews I need and go home, wait for things to develop, fly back out, do it again, you know, six, eight times a, a, a year or whatever, um, a, a season, a dig season. And then I go to Michigan to see the brothers at the end of the season. Um, this year I had to just go for six straight weeks and, and oh, wow. because, because I had to quarantine, everyone had to quarantine for two. Right. And I'm working around their dig schedule and stuff. So every season's been a little different in how we do it, but the number of specials has slowly increased, actually. Even though some people I see them, they go, Where's Maddie? I'm like, I actually did more specials this year. They just weren't laid out throughout the season as consistently, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, especially in this COVID year. Um, my favorites, boy, oh boy. I loved the paranormal special we did because yeah, I, 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 I really wanted to do that one. Um, I have been kind of lobbying for something like that for a while. So it was really fun. I want to do more on that. Um, I loved the recent, the, the, the recent sit down I did with Dave Blankenship. Mm -hmm. I I think that scratched an itch for a lot of fans who wondered where he was. And I, that was another thing I had to just, I had to just swallow that for months because I knew we were doing it and I knew, I knew exactly what Dave was up to, but people were like, where's Dave, where's Dave, where's Dave? I got that question every day. Yeah. 10 times a day. And all I could say was stay tuned stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. And and so we ran that special and he's okay. He's enjoying retirement. Um, him and Garnett are going to travel a little bit, rest a little bit. And um, he's very aware of what's going on the Island. He's still right there. So that was a fun one. I think that came off uh, quite well. And then I, I that was I, one of your best, quite honestly. Oh, I, right. thank you. It was, it was very well done. I think that it was uh, a person, the person just like, like yeah. we're doing now, just a person, the person talk. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very well done. I think you did a phenomenal job of bringing that out of Dave, uh, and uh, I, I I put it right up there at the top of of all the drilling downs that you've done for sure. Because and and you brought like I said, you brought that out of Dave and and um, got him to talk about sensitive things in his life. You know, yeah, 
and it, it was really heartfelt. And I know our members, we all, as soon as it aired, we, we talked about that quite a bit. It was really a good one. Well, I'll get a little insider thing for you here that you might find interesting. That was kind of born. Um, it's funny. I was doing, I, I did a special a couple of years ago where I sat with Dan and Dave and we looked at Dan's uh, 10X footage. Mm-hmm. And so that was the whole purpose. So we had, I, I asked Dave a question up by the money pit and then he said, well, you got to talk to my dad, you know? So we got in a golf cart. I drive around a little golf cart. I call it the Maddie mobile when I'm on Oak Island <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, Joe Lassard, our great executive producer. Um, he said, you know what? Let's pop a, let's pop a couple GoPros. Let's not waste the ride over. You guys are going to drive over to the house. Yeah. Okay. Let's pop a couple of GoPros on there and see what you come up with. And just, just talk to him about, and, and ostensibly it was just talk to him about what you're about to go there and do and watch 10 X mm-hmm. footage. Right. And all of a sudden it aired. I mean, it, it aired, but I, mm-hmm. we had been driving for maybe 20 seconds and I go, I said something like, uh, so did you, did you come here? Cause your marriage had failed and he just opened up and i don't know why i asked it even wow it, it just got wicked personal i was supposed to just yeah, like yeah. Chat, chat with him on the way to and he starts <laughs> opening up and i i actually said and they aired this i said uh closer to your mom than dad oh yes yes you know and he started just saying all this stuff so that seed was kind of born like when dave and i get together for whatever reason um we just click and and we open up and we forget the cameras are there we, i think we just like each other you know i i yeah, think I, I i i think he's a i think he's he's just like I grew up in, in and around New England and Boston. And he reminds me of my great uncles who were blue collar, no nonsense, hardworking pipe fitters and laborers, roofers, and they don't suffer fools well, but yep. if, if they love you, they love you and your family. And, and I think Dave sensed that in me that I'm come from that stock maybe. And, and I recognize it in him. So we just kind of clicked. And I think yep. that's, that's why it works so well. It was no yeah, planning. Sure. We just sat down and talked. Yep. I want to ask you about the paranormal episode. And it's not really about the episode. It's like, I want you to tell the rest off story. When oh. you first got on the island and everything. Because I think that is spectacular and spooky at the same time. If you understand <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. So did I. So uh, real real quick, they they we my first time filming on the island, um, I was doing what we call a walk and talk to set up that interview. I alluded to earlier, my first interview with Rick and Marty. Mm -hmm. So that's when I walked to camera and say, coming up next, I'll be sitting down with Rick and Marty Lagina to talk to them about their journey on Oak Island, whatever I was saying. Mm -hmm. Now the schedule had changed five or six different times to the point where we weren't supposed to be filming that there that day. I wasn't even supposed to be there that week. The schedule had changed so many times. So the math put me on that spot on that day is impossible that this happened. What I'm about to tell you, because again, the schedule kept changing, but there we were on that day out of schedule as often happens in television production. And we get there and, and, and nothing's working like the, the electronics were being weird. And so people were explaining, making the joke, uh, Oh, welcome to Oak Island. This happens all the time. Electronics go bad. So I'm waiting for them to fidget with the camera and stuff. And I'm looking around and I see the, the rest hall memorial. And I noticed the date. And I said to one of my producers, I said, uh, what's the date today? And they said the date. And I said, look at the monument. And we turned and looked at it. It was 50 years to the day of the rest hall tragedy that we were standing at the rest hall tragedy area filming. And yep. 
And almost as soon as we acknowledged it, we all went, whoa, whoa. And it got real quiet. And I was like, that's weird. We're here 50 years to the day. And uh, everything popped on. Things <laughs> started working again. So, you know, coincidence, probably you can explain yeah, that away. But I felt like I felt like it was it was yeah. it was the island just saying, because what I was doing was new there. You know, it was a new thing. It was like, hey, here's a spinoff show that's going to bring this story out to people. And I took it as, to be honest, a little nudge from the island. Like, hey, tell this story responsibly and don't forget what came before. Exactly. Yep. I, mean, I, heard, I heard that I was on fifteen twenty four, and it, it just gave, it gave me chills. I mean, it was like wow. I yeah. Mean. Yeah. Yeah. You had told that story on the uh, uh, Alan Stanger. Uh, they have their uh, uh, over across the line, across the line fifteen twenty four podcast, which is great. If you guys haven't heard about that, please go check it out. Um, they do a, a really good job, and they interviewed Maddie. Um, and that was brought up there and that was, that was a great story and, and very spooky at the same time. I'm watching some of the chat go by people are like spooky, oh, you know, weird. Yeah. it is. And, and, and let's go on with that just for a second, because you have, and again, I'm going to step away from Oak Island for a second and, and a little bit about your past or things that you're doing currently. Um, you have your, uh, rated P for paranormal podcast that you do with, um, uh, Mr. Arkin, uh, I, I, his name on the show is Alan, or I'm sorry, Alan's his dad, I guess, but Anthony Arkin, um, you call him Tony. Um, that's a great podcast. I mean, I, I listen to those and I, and I'm just get, I'm, you know, it's one of those things I can put on, you know, put it, get my phone going and put it on and just go around my house doing stuff and just listen to you guys for hours. I mean, it's a great, great show. Um, that paranormal stuff you, I mean, obviously and one of the things you said, and I'll let you speak. I know I'm talking too much, but uh, one of the things you said on there uh, on the 1524 was you're not a believer. You're an experiencer. And you said that earlier, just a little bit ago, you said experiencer. Talk to us about that. I, I'm the same thing. I'm an experiencer, but tell us your take on that. Well, I actually lifted that. I, someone had said that to me at a Bigfoot conference. Um, it was a guy who uh, he founded a chapter of bigfoot research uh in new england and i i said to him well look we're all believers here and he said i'm an experiencer and i said wow so i yeah. kind of put that in my pocket i use that because that's what i am i experience these things and from the time i was i can basically remember um you know my one of my earliest memories is my grandmother had a ghost in her kitchen and she would talk to it and she would tell me tales about ireland where she, where her mother grew up and her mother having predictive dreams and I had a predictive dream as a kid that really threw me for a loop. It's, it frightened me uh, to my core. So it's been a lifetime of me of being into this type of thing, mysteries of the world, you know? Um, so yeah, that, I, I feel really strongly. I've kind of become like a little bit of an advocate, I feel like for paranormal experiencers. And I think in the last few years, we've been seriously validated by some of the stuff that the government is admitting vis-a-vis -vis UFOs that they know to be true. Yep. And so people who scoffed at me for the last 30, well, my whole life, oh, Maddie and his wacky UFO talk, they're now going like, hey, what's going on with the government admitting there's UFOs? Yeah, yeah. Now they're like, yeah. Look it up yourself because I tried to tell you 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the, thank you for being so kind about the podcast. It's it's my heart right now. It's my, a labor of love. If if you're at all a fan of what I do, um, I'd just encourage you it means so much to me to to check us out to give us a listen it's if you listen to podcasts it is it's called rated p for paranormal 
And uh, Anthony Arkin and I, who is the son of Alan Arkin, the legendary mm -hmm. actor, yep, um, we are both paranormal experiencers, and we're both super fans of paranormal film and television. So uh, we what we do is we talk paranormal, and then each week we review a new movie that's themed paranormally. It could be ghost movie, it could be a UFO movie, it could be a mm -hmm. Bigfoot movie, anything like that. Um, so any sort of mystery type of movie. So we love it. We're really proud of it. We're growing in leaps and bounds. It's great. So thank you so really much. Is. I know oh, one of the our, our, was, our, yeah, some our, of the things you talked about on there was like the changeling. Yeah. Um, you know, that was that was a good one. And then scanners, you talked about scan. I know people are probably wondering what's scanners, <laughs> scanners. I remember scanners, and it kind of freaked me out when I saw that movie. But yeah, what it, I think it was uh well, that's Tony the head blow up, that's the yeah. head blow up movie when the guy's oh, head expands. That was freaky, but that's so cool that you guys talk about that stuff. I did, it's a great podcast. You guys got to listen to it. If you get a chance, go check it out. Rated P for Paranormal. And with that, you had um, Brian Canto out on the island, and yes. you guys did on the the the, the uh, episode Brilliant. that Jack was talking about, which was the uh, Behind the Curse. Yes, was was the name of it. And um, so you guys did quite a bit of stuff. What was your take on experiences that you had with him? I'm talking about that a little 10 X even. Oh my God. Yeah. So we got the real highlight was we took EVP. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we did it over H eight, which yep. because I chose H eight. Cause I was like human bones came out of here. Yes. Let's yes. do H eight. Yes. And as soon as we started doing, excuse me. Um, well, first of all, let me say we did it in the day, which I asked him about. I'm like, we should we do this at night? And he said, no, parent, you know, happens parent, all it happens all the time. And why put the cameraman the through that? I thought that's pretty brilliant. I never thought about that. He goes, if you want to do it to be spooky, we could do it at night. I said, no, let's not do anything gratuitous. Let's yep. do it as you would do it as a paranormal investigator. He's like, yeah, it's easier to do it in the day. So we picked up EVPs and we picked up some EVPs that were never aired that were really creepy. Oh, and we wow. were we, we were back in the what was then brand new the research center the research trailer on Oak Island, mm -hmm. um, where Doug and his team spent a lot yes. of time. Yes, yes. Um, that was brand new. That had literally just been brought to the island. Really. And Brian, myself, uh, Jason Shook are one of our wonderful producers who happened to be shooting it too. Uh, Joe Lassard, the aforementioned Joe Lassard, Derek, uh, our, our little team, our great little drilling down team. Mm -hmm. We were there, just us in that room. At 11 at night, pitch black, listening to these horrifying EVP responses. I mean, to me, I, I was chilled to my core. Um, so I actually played. Oh, and then we got the bang. What, what, you saw that. Yes. yes that was it, yep. Standing over H8, I started to get a bad feeling like, I don't know. I just started to get a feeling like, eh, we shouldn't be doing any more of this. Like we're asking questions. And I just got this like kind yeah. of ties back to that rest all story. I felt like I would never be disrespectful. But I felt like maybe we were pushing the envelope a little bit, like provoking. Yep. And so I, I I was like, Brian and I both were kind of like being trying to be very careful about that. And Brian's a professional at what he does. Yes, he is. So yeah. I told him kind of off camera, I said, I'm getting a weird feeling. He goes, all right, let's back it off by half. He's like, just ask another question. Then if you're feeling uncomfortable, he was great. He kind of like walked me through it. <laughs> I, I said, what do you want us to do? And boom, at depth, underneath the water, well underneath the water line down that case on we heard a huge metal clang it was like a clang as if yep. as if someone yep. had taken a a pipe and banged the side of the case on it echoed all the way up to the top and i swore on television they beeped it out because <laughs> luckily it wasn't live <laughs> i i dropped a bad word and and so later that night we're listening to the evps and we're getting 
EVPs. And one of them clearly, clearly as day to me and Rick and Marty, I played that for them. They said the same thing. It sounded like Brian or I asked, what is your name? It was me. What is your name? And you hear Jason, like pretty clear. Wow. And so we went through the tape to see if anyone was taught all, you know, our cameraman, our producers, no one was talking at that time. Um, and it's just, and, and so you see, I play it for Rick and Marty. Now they're dubious as to what it might mean or what it could be, right, right. but they both said, sounds like Jason. They picked up on it right away. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian Kano thought he heard chain them, oh, but, wow. but which would fit into some theories about chain. Yes, they would. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right? Right. Yep. So, but I, to me, it sounded just like Jason. Uh, so I don't know. I've been kind of looking through the history to see if there's any famous Jasons that were involved with the hunt. And if you find there. something, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's wild. And, and I, I had to know, and that's why one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you about that, because again, it's one of those things where there's hours and hours of footage and we get to see just a little bit of it. Um, and I, and I've seen, you know, Brian's work on, you know, ghost hunters and other TV shows, which I'm a big fan of. Um, and so, you know, I knew there had to be more. And, and I was wondering what you would have to share with us that would be more. And that is phenomenal. He, there was one, oh, Brian will kill me because he always talks about it. We were just actually tweeting at each other uh, playfully the other day because a fan brought it up. Like, what, did anything scary happen to you on Oak Island? Mm -hmm. And he remembered an EVP that came through, uh, which again, never aired. And it said some, it was a direct response again to a question he asked. He said, do you want us to leave? And it said, yes, or something, something uh -huh. like that. And I can't remember the actual quote, but he, he said that never aired, but it was really scary. Oh, Dave Blankenship had one with the fire, wasn't it? That's right. A fireball. He saw basically an unidentified, yes. you know, aerial phenomenon floating across Mahone Bay to Oak Island. He described it as a big ball of fire. And uh, thinking the island was going to just get lit up in flames and sped over, and uh, there was nothing. And his father had a paranormal experience on the island. Um, and I don't tell that story because I never asked. He told me off camera that he heard something uh, clear as day, and he, you know, asked his wife about it and everything. I never got to ask uh, Dan if I could tell that story before he passed. So I don't tell it, but he had a paranormal experience. Absolutely. Wow. So, and those are no nonsense guys, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and this is uh, one of the questions while we're talking about this, um, Kathy, um, Kathy Baker, I'm a, oh, I'm going to mess up your last name here. Uh, Splidle, maybe S P I D L E. Um, Kathy asked, um, two questions about what we're referring to right now. Um, what is your favorite spot on the island? But also, would you spend the night on the island alone? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I. I, I mean, I. I wouldn't. Now I'm talking about a sleeping bag and a. No, I. Yeah, no, <laughs> no I, I. I've spent. I've been out there alone. There's a. There's a line producer. A great friend of mine, Brian Bowers, and there have been a couple times where it's just been me and him. You know, pushing midnight on the island because I used to do a radio show too. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would stay after I was done with my day of drilling down, I would go into the old war room or, and even the new war room. I still had the show at that time. And uh, I would do my radio broadcast. I bring this mic and bring my little setup and do the radio broadcast. Mm -hmm. And that would, and then I would have post work to do. So it would, there would be times I'd be there till almost just about midnight, almost sometimes. And it was oh. just my, and I had to make my way back to Brian's trailer in the pitch black, not great. 
not a great feeling, but yes, I would do it. Um, I would love to do it for the show <laughs> as part of maybe another paranormal special. Um, yeah. my favorite spot on the Island is there's a, it's, it's on the Western shore. Um, kind of in between the drumlin and and the what they call the boulderless beach yes um and it's it's an area that when i first did drilling down i was just about to do my first interview actually with rick and marty and i went down to that shoreline and i had a little uh moment to myself and ever since then it's my moment to retreat and i go there and i've i've actually i jump in the water there a lot after a hot summer day of working and doing drilling down I'll just jump in the water. I love it. And I'll float backwards and I'm just looking at Oak Island in the sun. Um, oh, wow. And so that's my favorite little, that's my little spiritual place where I go and prepare and recover and uh, spend my time. It means a lot to me. That's really one thing, one thing I really wanted to know. You've done this five or six years now. I mean, been on the island. Is there still, do you still lean back at times when you're in the war room and everybody's there? And it's going, and you just kind of lean back and you go, wow. Great question, Jack. And I mean this like every day, every day I cross the causeway, I feel something. I feel emotional. I feel excited. I feel it's just, there's never been a day in all my times I've been on that island where it's just like, oh, it's Monday. I gotta, you know, never. It's like yeah. electric for me. It's electric. And um, you cannot fake. <laughs> the sustained level of enthusiasm I have for this. Island. You, I would be dead by now if I tried to, it's, it's, it's for real. I mean, other people might not feel it. I don't know. But when I step on that Island, I get to see things. And one of my favorite things to do actually is not even, not even doing my job. It's watching the main show work and, and, and sitting in video village and getting to watch a live war room. I've I've watched some really dramatic fireworks go off on that in that war room from behind the scenes, and it's just thrilling. If you love the Oak Island mystery, it's like having courtside seats to your favorite team, where your feet are on the wood and you're sitting on the end of the bench, you're like you're part of the team. It's just yep. it's just exhilarating. Because the one thing that I've always said, and it's an old phrase, but I've readjusted it, is it seems like everybody just leaves their egos on the causeway when they go in. Because when you go in, it's all for one, one for all, and there's no bickering or anything like that. Well, yeah, Jack, I mean, I think it's key to note that, and most true fans will will know this, but maybe some don't. I think it's, I, I always bring this up when this comes up about ego and things like that. Rick and Marty Lagina did not want to do this television show. They did not get into this to be TV stars. They're the most reluctant TV stars in the world, probably. For as big as they are and as famous as they are around the world, they're probably the most reluctant on some sort of ratio scale. So there is no ego in terms of that. It's about getting the job done. Um, matter of fact, they're constantly deflecting. They're deflecting. You know, they're just like, no, the team, the team, the team, the team. So yeah, it flows down from the top. Everybody knows their role. Everybody does their job. And yes, they, there's not always agreement. Any endeavor, any human endeavor, there's going to be an argument or two or, or a disagreement on how to move <laughs> forward. But it never, ever, ever gets to any sort of level where it's going to affect relationships or, or anything like that. Everyone just goes, well, we voted for this. This is what we're going to do. And we move on. And and because it's high tension too, right? It's high pressure. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of money at stake. And it's dangerous. I think that's something that 
the show is called the curse of Oak Island, but I think people forget a lot of times, like this is dangerous, heavy equipment digging that is going on. So there's that too, despite all our laughter and our camaraderie and our brother and sisterhood ship, a word I just made up. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a dangerous endeavor. So there's that always there too. So sometimes things can get a little tense. If something looks like it's going wrong, you know, a guy was injured, uh, last season. Um, they've used, uh, dynamite on the Island mm -hmm. to do all those, uh, this sonic drilling program. Um, these massive caissons at depth. This is dangerous stuff. Yep. So yes. Um, egos by necessity in those moments are left at the door because it's, it's, it's yeah. about safety. Yep. Have to, absolutely have to. And, you know, but you talk about the safety factor, you know, last season when they were down by the uplands of Smith's Cove, uh, when they were down there working and then they dug that big 50 foot hole in the ground and then they found some wood structure down at the bottom. I mean, I'm, I'm so fascinated by that, but then there's Rick jumping in the bucket of the excavator with Billy at the helm. I would have been in that. I, I would have done it. I mean, you know, people are like, oh, that's so dangerous. I'd have been in there in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and yeah. then Marty comes out later and he's like, he's undermining. So this has got to stop right now. Yes. You yes. Talk about yeah. the there it is. Yeah. But it was I, also, he got down there and he looked and he goes, it is going that way. And his voice yeah. went up about five octaves when he yeah. said that. Yeah. And it was at the end of the year and they really couldn't do it. I think it was the last show of the year, if I remember correctly. Might have been. It might have been. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the other side, right on the other side of that, they dug through to like shaft six. And I, I actually, there was, a, there was a huge pit and I climbed in that with Rick for a drilling down special. And, you know, it, it's explained to you, like, we think it's stable, but you're ready. You're, 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 you're 20 feet under. And if this goes and, you know, I willingly do it. Um, and any, I think Jeff, like, you, you know, I think any real fan would do it if they had a chance oh, to go yeah. down, yeah. Climb, yeah. climb down with Rick, they would do it. Yep. Um, but how about they see it? One, one season, uh, Marty lowered me down. They found a searcher shaft that was dramatically sticking up out of the ground, mm -hmm. the ladder to it and the remaining body of it were sticking up out of the ground right kind of near where C1 would be kind of the Eastern side of the money pit, if you will, okay. tucked in that corner beneath the, what is now the uh, memorial to the women of Oak Island yes. that Rick yep. had built. Mm -hmm. So Marty literally put me on a, on a, uh, on a cat and, and, and lowered me down, uh, you know, running it. And, and when I got down there, he said, just so you know, uh, we don't know how stable that ground is. Like you could literally, <laughs> you could fall 180 feet to your death right now. <laughs> oh, went, okay. Thanks. Yeah, thanks yeah, yeah, I'm good. And you know, you, you laugh and, you, but I'm going like, man, I, you know, I wasn't, I wanted to be there and I did my whole thing. You couldn't have stopped me from being there. But also when he lifted me out of it, I was like, whew. Cause yeah. you know, you're, you're looking at these mud walls around you mm -hmm. and you can just, your mind's eye starts starts playing it out like if this starts to go it's going to happen fast yeah. you know um so yeah it's 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 dangerous and uh you know all precautions are taken yep let me ask you about this one of our uh one of our uh, we have so many great great members in the group and um uh judy rudabush uh asked about um the the great guy dan hensky what what do you what's your experiences <laughs> oh. with Dan? i mean dan is such a phenomenal guy you know what do you tell tell us about dan your experiences with him well, he's, you know, he, the word brilliance overused, I think I used it about Craig Tester. And I mean, he's, you know, Dan's a genius. 
like in the true sense of the word, like definition genius. So his mind, you know, like I've, I've sat in the trailers with him in between takes. And if you ask him a question, you know, is the ground stable in a hole? And he'll start saying, well, in 1963, we did that. And he, and he'll start using math algorithms and talk about ground proportion and, and soil stability. Like he's just, his, his mind works in a different way and it's just constantly cycling. Um, so he's a fascinating guy to, to be around and to ask questions to probably pound for pound knows more about Oak Island than anyone. Mm -hmm. When you think about it, um, he lived in a shack during, uh, you know, the Blankenship reign. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and worked his butt off. He was there for every single thing. He fabricated things that Dan didn't have. He would go in and fabricate things and jerry-rig them to treasure hunt. Um, just a brilliant guy. And um, I always like to interview him. If you've noticed this, real true fans will notice. Uh, when I have interviewed Dan, I usually try to have Rick there because Rick has an unbelievable way. He's like my Dan whisperer <laughs> because I Dan's so genius. Mm -hmm. I will ask a question and he will start doing algorithms. And then Rick will go, but Dan, what about your work at that? You know, he'll get yeah, to the point in a, yeah. in a in a way that Dan can then just go, oh, this is how to answer that question. And I, so I always like Rick, come with me because you you know what he knows. Like he Rick knows how to access that brain. Like mm -hmm. he found he made a major discovery using using trigonometry down in Smith's Cove. He like figured out where something was going to be by literally using trig trigonometry math. So these are not. When, when, when fans say to me, have they thought of this? Have they thought of that? I go, you've got a team of people who are brilliant at what they do. They are scientists, they are engineers, and they are genius level. Some of them like Mr. Hensky with no probably formal education training in treasure hunting. There is no such thing. And yet his mind works at kind of a different level, like high octane. So if we've thought of it, I promise you they've thought of it at some level. I think it would impress me most is what they thought when they had the surfer mound earlier this year. And they said, well, why hasn't this ever been looked at? And Dan Hensky just gave us, we didn't think anything of it. We knew it was here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, some weird stuff came out of that serpent mound, too. So even though it was not a serpent mound. Mm -hmm. Which I'm we glad because that could have that could have messed everything up. That's a whole nother esoteric uh, thing. But that being said, there's some weird stuff that came out of that uh, garbage heap uh, or dumping ground, spoils mm -hmm. pile, whatever spoils it might pile, be. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So, so still a very interesting area. There might be more there. I'm thinking the cannon is what they've shown already. Mm. The pieces in the cannon. Mm -hmm. But yep. it was so funny they asked him. It was just like, oh yeah, not a big, not a big deal. Here's here's what it was. Yeah, I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, when they walked out, when they, they you know, we talked about this before. When they walked out, to, they they were looking for the coconut fiber. Yeah. And he walked out to Smith's Cove because yeah, it was right about in here. Just dig right here, and they yep, they found it right there That's on the it. spot. It's like That's he it. knows where all. That he is. also has a very strong uh, paranormal tale to Does tell, he? Mr. Hensky, involving the island. Absolutely, oh. yes, yes. It's it's very chilling. Um, he felt like he was attacked by a spirit by an oh, by wow. the unrest you know the non at rest spirit of a i believe it was a 
former clergy or something that like at attacked him that was somehow involved with the Oak wow. Island. I'll have to look at my notes. I forget. And then he, uh, there was, there was a, you know, he believed that someone was chained down there, mm -hmm. uh, as, as a curse, uh, or maybe the original depositors who used labor chained people down there. Um, and then sealed up the things. And he had an experience one night with some sort of spiritual attack or vision where he actually tried to swim off the Island in a panic, really he ran out of his shack and started swimming for the mainland. Wow. Um, so he's got a, quite a tale to tell too. I'd love, I'd love to have him on the show. I know he, you know, I, most of those guys stay out of the, uh, the public eye other than yeah, being on the I'm, show. I'm not yeah. sure Dan Hensky has zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah i do know <laughs> three, yeah. yeah we so had a member of tom birds and maybe you can answer because it involves you also of all the fires that they found what one did they find at youth but where did that come from Ooh. well i mean recently that you know of course the answer is the cross and and mm -hmm. i yeah. i wear a replica of it every day um but i i think recently that 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 chinese coin is very strange to me and you know given its age it's you know what 1100 years right. old um and the, the experts said they didn't really travel they weren't used as currency or anything like no, that right. and it, right. so that's like a totemistic thing that someone who has means would carry with them so that to me is a very strange find and then the date of the the leather shoe i mean <laughs> that gets you know, yeah. I mean, 1492 is so iconic and so strange. So mm -hmm. those two just jump out to me right away, especially the Chinese coin, um, because mm -hmm. that tells you here. There's a theme that I've noticed this season so far, and that that a lot of the things they're finding have been, I guess you would say, high end. Right. So mm -hmm. these aren't they're not finding things that would be used by a common laborer. They're finding things that are a little higher end. And so that to me, you know, as I'm, I'm, if I'm a forensic examiner, if I am that cop I want to be, and I'm coming into a crime scene and I see, you know, uh, empty beer cans and, you know, ripped t-shirts or whatever, I say, okay, something happened here of a certain type. If I come into the same room and I'm trying to figure out what happened and I see high-end laptops and a three-piece suit, I'm going to think some other people were there. Mm -hmm. Do you follow? Yep. So. The, it's very strange that we're finding these kind of things that would have been carried by people of means right. on this obscure island where nothing was supposedly happening yeah. for any reason. Yep. And now with so many different nationalities that have mm -hmm. coming through in this island, I mean, that's what amazes me. I mean, French, English, Spanish, Templar, Viking, I mean... N name a theory and they've found something that can fit <laughs> with that theory. It's, it's yeah. maddening. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Um, one of the, uh, and, and you just kind of talked about that a little bit. Uh, Darla Stockton asked that question about uh, the one discovery that excites you more than others and why. And I guess that would be uh, two of them you just spoke of there, the cross and that leather shoe again. And then when you took it to the the, the guy that works in the, um, the book bindery and he looked at it and that's what he said, all that close stitching, if it was going to be more cheaply made, it's going to be wider stitching. So he knows how to pick that out and it goes right to what you were saying, more high end on that shoe so is a common you know laborer that's down there digging is he gonna have that you know that high end of a shoe probably not right so that just yep 
Um, on the, uh, the beyond Oak Island, of course, you know, and I wanted to kind of go back to that for a second. Cause, um, um, uh, Tallulah Spencer asked this question about beyond Oak Island. And, and again, this might get into an area where you can't talk about it too much because we all want to know, we we've watched beyond Oak Island. And I gotta say just real quick, I'll, I'll say this. When I first watched it, I, I didn't like it. And it was only because I was expecting it to be like Oak Island where we're going to, Hey, how are you doing? Okay. We're going to start digging right here. And it wasn't like that. It was like more like the other shows that Prometheus does where it's more of a history lesson. Yeah. Once I changed my mindset, I'm like, I love these shows because mm. it was a history lesson. Yeah. Um, and she was asking about this and it's we were talking about, will there be another season? And I don't know if that's something you could talk about or not, but are they going to do some more of the beyond? Cause we love it. Well, I'm I'm very optimistic there will be. The numbers were great. Mm -hmm. The response was excellent. The network has not announced a season two, but if you were a fan of Beyond Oak Island, I'd be very optimistic that okay, there'll be yeah. more to come. I really would because they're great stories. And and to your point, Jeff, yes, the, the if you know treasure hunts are treasure hunts because they're so difficult and so mysterious and so hard. If 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 you only did a show about treasure hunts where people found the big thing of gold, then it, it would be like a three episode show. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So yeah. we're telling these stories. We're showing these journeys. We're actually showing the difficulty in some cases, the impossibility, the how how tangible and yet ungraspable some of these things are, and the frustration that comes because that's the government of the government of land comes to mind. Yes. 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 Exactly right. So. We're just telling the stories and and God willing, one of these ones, someone will hit a mother load while we're while we're talking about it. I mean, I that, that's, that, oh my God. <laughs> that's gotta and that's gotta be really enjoyable for you just to be out to do a different a different kind of thing like that than what you do on Oak Island. Well, yeah. I mean, it almost, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of an emotional guy. It almost moves me to tears when I think of Rick and Marty saying, you know, send Maddie. Yes. Out there. I mean, that's just, I, I, that is such an honor to me and I take it seriously. One thing that didn't make camera, I wish it did just in the editing process, you lose things, but it was just such an awesome moment. Um, at the end of the last beyond Oak Island, I, I was, I, we were presenting about, I forget which one it was. And I was presenting the findings and we were talking about the findings and, and Marty says to me, uh, okay. So you think maybe there could be something. I said, I, I think there might be something to it or something. He goes, one thing I know, uh, if we send you, there'll be no half measures. And I literally got emotional. I said, no, sir, there will not. And I meant it with every fiber of my being. And he goes, we know. And he looked at Ricky said, we know. Yep. So it's like, oh, they believe in me. You know what I mean? Yeah, so when I'm, yeah. when I'm on the field, Jack, yes, it's thrilling. But the number one thing is that I'm, I feel like an emissary for the brothers Lagina. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to do everything I can with as much intensity, class, and effort like they do it. As I can. Yep. And honesty too. Yeah. That was yeah. the talking about that. That was during the, you know, when we were watching the beyond at the very beginning of the beyond episode, you had uh, Warren Gettler from the Utah team talking about the, um, the Knights of the golden circle. And, you know, as soon as he got done, he said, you know, um, we'd like to have, you know, somebody come out and they both looked at you and said, well, you know, Maddie's available. We're kind of busy, <laughs> but yeah, you were just like, yes, yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's literally, it's literally like you know, you're a kid in the playground, and the oh, star man. athlete picks you or first. Me, to, me, oh me. my god! Forget about it. And Where's that was the, that was really good. Yeah, right. Yeah, I want to see more. I'll, of that I'll, I'll be real honest. The Utah one was probably one of the, 
episodes that gra- that gra- that grabbed me, it grabbed me the whole, mm-hmm. it grabbed me the whole time. Yeah, just because of what you found in the desert. And the really? car going by, and the car going by too. I, I remember that. It, it happened twice, by the way. It happened mm-hmm. twice. Only one aired. It oh, happened oh. to us at the other location when we arrived. A truck went by us at really? high speed. <clears throat> like at the very least, it was very rude. Do you know yep. what I mean? Um, and 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 by the way, you can see from miles in any direction. And this thing came up on us, buzzed by us at high speed, and we went, huh? And then went the end of the shoot. Everything was wrapped. Cameras are back in the boxes. We're going to the next location. It came by the other way and buzzed us. And wow. my my producer said, that's the same truck that buzzed us the first time. And I was like, whoa. So I'm going like, maybe there is something to mm-hmm. this, you know? Could be, yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. And we saw the Jesse James thing. And like, so one thing I want to clear up, because some people contacted me and I, I you know, there's only so much information you can do in one of these shows. But like, one of the things is like, there's symbology in those rocks. So like one of the names is like Fenimore and people are going, Oh, you, you know, they're like all over me. Like he was a postmodern, whatever. He's well-known in that area. And it's like, yeah, that's the, but that's not the point. Like, so in other words, we're not saying that that name is the person who did this or is hiding the gold. Everything's coded. So, you know, according to Warren's theory, and this has been born to be true <laughs> because using the theory, mm-hmm. somebody's actually found gold. And that's in Warren's book, Detail in Warren's book. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they will they will use popular names or imagery of an owl, of a jack-o'-lantern face ahead. And, th- you know, if there's a local name that's of lore in the area, they might use that. But they're putting symbology and codes within those carvings. So, yes, it could be explained by this is a dedication to a local person. But it also, when you see the other symbols around it and where they're carved, it becomes very strange. Yep. Like, why? why this? So I just want to make that note that um, we didn't have time to explain every little possible symbol that might mean something and what might not. Right. And the ones that might not. Yeah. And you know right. that going right. in. We knew right. going, I asked, I asked Warren about every single thing that we saw at the time. <laughs> and does that mean anything? Well, no, probably not. But we just show it on camera. We can't go through the minutia of every single thing. Right. Yeah. And I just said, I noticed that Linda just put up on the post too, in the, in the group chat here about that. Uh, we, uh, Holly is actually, uh, uh Rem, Remkist is actually a member of our group. Uh, oh. she joined us a little while back. Yep. And she does contribute a lot. She does put a lot of great She's, stuff out there. Can I just say real quick about Holly? Yes. She gave my family a, and me a present at the end of the shoot that I took home. And I hope she can see this. Um, Holly, I just want to say, uh, you are one of the nicest, kindest people I've met. She's just so sweet and so helpful and so nice. And I hope that she really loved how that episode came out. She, she's phenomenal. Yeah, she she comes off that way too on the show. We really got that impression. And we're um, trying to get her to come out. And yeah, so we've, we've been talking to her about coming on because I'd love to have her. If, if we can have just her, that's great. Uh, her or Warren to come on together. I have had the, great. the, the great pleasure uh, one of the very first shows that I did with this group was uh, that I had uh, Christian Roper on. Ah, my um, boy. And he is, I tell you, you talk about, a, and, and I'm going to say a young man because I'm an old man. I'm going to say a young man. He is a young man that just, I mean, the, his his enthusiasm, his intelligence factor, his expertise that he brings to the table as a young man. I mean, he he's phenomenal. He, he really is. And I he has researched Lafitte and this whole, you know, that, that side of it. Now he's working on a documentary and I've talked to him recently and he's going to come back and 
what do you take? Give me your impression of that and this show that you did with him. I mean, that was just awesome. Yeah, it's cool. If you if you watch that episode, you know, you can see me looking at Rick and Marty as he's talking, and I'm going. What I was thinking was like, "Hey, this kid's impressive." <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, and I'm seeing it in there. And Rick's looking at me kind of with this little smile, like, "Right, I told you, it's good," you know. And we all yeah. were really impressed by him. And I just kind of, yeah. when I got there and we spent that time together. Um, we got very close. He's a, he's a great young man. Um, and I have, we've actually stayed in touch. I, I appear in, in his documentary. He, he oh, filmed the first documentary. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hopefully if there is a season two, um, I would love to find a way to follow up with him and, and see where he's at. Yeah. I, I know, but I don't want yeah, to yeah, say exactly. anything on his behalf in case he's going to do something with his documentary or whatever. But, um, I would love to follow up with him. And even just to have him involved, uh, you know, whenever we talk about pirates or whatever, because he's he knows his stuff for a man he of his does. age, definitely. He really does. Yeah, he was great on the show. And then I was just kind of getting started with things. And I, I, I've i told him, I said, I want the opportunity to have you on and do a better job, you know, a better presentation. But it, it did. The first couple of minutes was kind of rough trying to get things going there. But I mean, we it was a great, great, informative uh, couple of hours that he spent talking about that. And like I said, I've, I've talked to him again um and about his documentary and he's agreed to come on at some point when he can uh because he again so busy but uh he has agreed to come on and, and discuss that with us some more and i'm really looking forward to that um because he what a like you said what a what a great young man i mean he just i say young man again but he is not. he is we can say that <laughs> yeah. we, i can he's, be a he's, young, he's young to me i'll tell you that right now <laughs> I, I saw a picture of his dad and I'm like, wait a second. That guy's like my age. <laughs> Your father's like my age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. So, um, yeah. So I was, I was just looking at some of the other questions that we had. So many people were asking, uh, stuff and I know we're kind of jumping around going back and forth between drilling down and, uh, beyond and beyond is just, we really do uh, hope that that comes back out. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, this is one that Jake Jake Roberts brought this up. And Jake Roberts is another person who's a, a theorist and a, a great guy. Um, he's been on a couple of different podcasts. Um, and he's also in, you know, in, a, in a member of our group. And he asked this question, have you considered doing some drilling down episodes that allow the theorists to do more in-depth you know, discussion of their theory? Because, you know, as we know, and, I, and I'll be brief, as we know, they, they might be on camera for six seven hours and then we get five minutes worth of them on the show yeah i'd like to bring them on my show because that gives them an, a forum to buy which to get this out what have you thought about that on drilling down or has there been yeah, any, we have in fact the, the closest we got to that is the top 25 theories okay um mm -hmm. which were a little bit of you know that that gave us a little bit of breathing room mm -hmm. for each theory to kind of like explain it again depth. and maybe yeah. bring up some points that didn't make it but we've done we've done features on the members of the team, the fellowship, we called it secret weapons was one of the specials we did mm -hmm. where I spent a little time with each member or at least the core member of the team. I think that's a great idea to do something similar to the secret weapon special, but do it with say five of those top 25 theorists that are yes. still around or yep. still being brought up. I think that's a right. phenomenal idea. I'm going to put it in my notebook and, um, and it, it's in it, consider it officially in consideration. What was it? Jack? Right. Jack, yeah, Jack, uh, yeah. Jack, it's in Jake. consideration. Sorry, Jake Roberts, Jake Roberts. Jake, I'm sorry, Jake. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's in consideration, Jake. Officially, that's that's a great idea. I can't promise it'll get done because it's not just up to me, but I can certainly right. bring these things up and 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 discuss it. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And that's, like I said, that's something that I like to, um, and I, and I, I wanted to make this, you know, my show that I do, um, I wanted to make this a place for those theorists to come on and it may be able to do just that, to be able to come on mm, yeah. and talk about it some more. And they, you know, and then like, you know, you get somebody like James McQuiston who comes on and that guy, I mean, we could go on for hours and hours, you know, and Gretchen Cornwall, I, I've, I've developed a, a relationship, yeah. you know, working with Gretchen and she is just, and Alessandra Nadavari up in, in Nova Scotia there at the new Ross castle. I mean, yep. just, I mean, it's, I, it, they've all drawn me into this circle and, and this is something that I, I wanted to mention to you also. Um, and we, you kind of mentioned on on the uh, again the the fifteen twenty four podcast with Alan. Um, you had mentioned about faith, and and I'm a man of faith myself, and I'm I openly talk about that. Not you know I I don't want to you know pound it into people, but I've openly talked about my faith and and um, how much I you know I got guitars behind me over here that I I actually play in the praise band at my church. Awesome. Um, yeah, thank. So with that, um, you know, with that faith, you know, we we know that I, you've mentioned that you're a man of faith. Um, and talked about things you mentioned getting on the horse and going where the horse ride takes you. And I look at that as doors being opened up. You know, you, you talked about how you went through your career path and how things just, you know, came to you basically. And you were able to just ride along wherever that horse was leading you. And it's done wonderful things for you. Talk about that a little bit, if you, if you don't mind. Well, I mean, I think I know I could go for it. <laughs> No, I, I, it's great. I, 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 cause we, I think, and Kevin Burns and I, the late Kevin Burns and I talked about this all the time, um, that the show really is about faith mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Yep. not specifically Christian faith or right. whatever faith, but about believing in something and, and continuing to believe in it, even in the face of adversity or sometimes evidence to the contrary. Right. So for me, it all ties together for me, the faith I have in this team. Um, when you start then adding in Templar crosses, it becomes Uh my personal faith Mm -hmm. gets involved in that. Um, so I've tried to look, I've, I've walked away from faith. I've lived on both sides of the causeway, if you will. Mm -hmm. I've lived on the atheistic. I reject it side. I went through a rebellious phase and I've lived on the side of, of faith. And I, definitely like it on the Oak Island side better. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, these things come into my life and I try to turn them over and let go and not force it. I I have a tendency to try to push and pitch and we got to do this and we got to do that. And then I just, at a certain point on this journey of Oak Island, I started letting things go. And as soon as I did that, it's like the Island scooped me up, brought me in and said, okay, you're allowed (laughs) <laughs> to to try to tell this story. I really believe that. I think this team has been similarly blessed. I think the island has like mm-hmm. allowed them to be the guys to make major discoveries. I think it Heismaned some other people. I think yep. it gave them the old football block. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I just I just believe in that. So um I think they're the guys to do it and I have great faith in them. Yeah. The other name you mentioned on 1524 was how your family kept you grounded also through all this. Could you explain that maybe a little bit too, please? Well, I mean, like, I'm a guy who, <laughs> like, okay, quite honestly, my wife, my wife does my scheduling and uh, because I'm a flake and I have too many things going on. I just have too many things going on. So she goes, it works great. We have a great partnership. She goes, you have to be here then 
there, here, then there. And then she constantly makes sure I'm there. So like, I was basically just walked down here an hour and a half ago, like sit down, you're doing this and you're doing it now. Okay. Yes. So we have that, but she, other than that, she has no interest or even awareness of most of the things I've done in my career. <laughs> so I'll come in and say like, Hey, this film I was in is going to Sundance. She'd be like, awesome. Yeah. Pick Max up at school at three. <laughs> <laughs> right. And my son, uh, <clears throat> has no, doesn't watch things I do. He's embarrassed by it. He, if he, if his friends find out what I do, he's like, Oh, Oh God. <laughs> so like that level of grounding yeah. is very good for me yeah. because if I start getting too big for my britches, all I got to do is come home and I'm put right back where I need to be. So they are, they're my everything. I mean, not, you know, it's faith and family for me. That's it. That's, and, and luckily I've got a job in Oak Island where those things are the theme of the show, faith and family. So, I mean, you talk about a blessing. Yep. Yeah, it really is. And that's something that, you know, I have, you know, said before about this particular thing that I'm doing here, um, and been able to do, uh, it, it has come to me and, and I've been able to do it, and I don't, I, sometimes I wonder how, how did it all come about? But I have through this medium, I have been able to meet such wonderful people like yourself and it, 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 it's such a blessing. It really is. And I mean, I've, I've met some phenomenal people and there's some other things that are happening, you know, that are going on behind the scenes that are, uh, that may be coming up in the future that may take this in a whole new level. And I, I'm just I just, I, I pray about the fact that, you know, thank you for giving me this opportunity. And again, you talk about, you know, I, I, when I, I consider myself, I, I keep wondering, you know, why do people want to sit and watch a dork like me sit up here and talk about Oak Island for a couple uh, of hours? Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You wonder how, why do people want to watch a dork like me? Like, <laughs> yeah. but, but, I mean, we've, we've done this since the middle of November. Yeah. Wow. And we it's started really in the middle of November. Wow. But and, it, it, uh, it is. It's really we've never yet met each other. No, oh, you're kidding. No, we have never met each yeah. other. Other than here, yeah. I'm in Ohio and just in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I assumed yeah. you guys are right in the next hall from each other. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. oh that's yeah. funny. When we're together like this. This is wow. how we this is how we know it. But we've all bonded. It's yeah, one of the things yeah. that you bonded with the fellowship. We bonded as as three people together. That's so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wonderful ride, and like I said, I get to meet people like yourself, and oh, yeah. and and have you just come on and and explain and just share with us. It's just a, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing, and I uh, I I'm overjoyed by it. Um, I wanted to also talk about you. You mentioned several times the late uh, Kevin Burns. Oh. Um, how has that changed things, and where do you see going forward is you know you talk there's somebody a successor that has taken over in his shoes talk about that yeah yeah um so this is really hard for me to talk about because i i don't like to cry on camera <laughs> but i get emotional when i talk about this you have a relationship with him yeah i mean he was he's the reason i got this gig uh point blank you know i i earned it through an audition but he's he created it and he believed mm-hmm. in me and he would say all the every time i talked to kevin he would open the conversation with Maddie, my guy, <laughs> you're my guy, Maddie. you're my guy. And I just, he just was one night we drove through Beverly Hills in Hollywood and his Rolls Royce that was given to him from his famous Hollywood director that he befriended. And, um, 
I just said, Kevin, tell me Hollywood stories, man. I want every Hollywood story you got. And this famous producer, creator of shows that we love, just drove me around Hollywood and told me stories. Well, over there, da, 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 and I was I used to hang with this guy. And, we're, uh, and I, I, I was just like, I, I, he's just the greatest. He's the greatest. And um, so it's it's funny. Um, I can't say much, but we're working. We were working on a special when he passed, and in fact. I was supposed to spend like three days with him and I talked with him on the phone on, I, I think it was Sunday night. It was a Sunday night. I believe it might've been a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I don't remember, but it was a Sunday night as I remember it. Talked to him at length about what we were going to do together. And I was even supposed to go to his house the next night in LA. We were going to watch something together and have a dinner. And I got a call literally the next morning I was, I literally was putting my paperwork together to go to Prometheus to start work on this thing. And they said, uh, Kevin's gone. And I said, where'd he go? <laughs> I literally thought, yeah, not, I, go, yeah. what do you mean? I, I just talked to him and they said, no, he's gone. Ooh, so that was like, oh, I, I, you know, I, I flew home. And so, um, we've been kind of, I think the entire cast and crew have been licking our wounds kind of since then and yet moving forward because we can hear Kevin going, what are you doing? Get to work, you know? <laughs> so uh, there's a, there's a fellow named Joe Lassard who's executive producer. Um, every, everybody kind of, there, there's a team, there's a, there's a three core team at Prometheus, three, three people in particular. Joe's one of them. Joe's the one I really work with day to day. Everybody kind of has stepped up a notch. Follow. Yep. With yep. the, when you lose a CEO and founder and leader like that, you either fold the tent or everybody that learned under him steps up a step right. yep. and they have done that. And all the content you're seeing, everything they're putting out this show, Skinwalker, it's all the people that learned under Kevin and that he guided are now stepping up and doing it and they are crushing it. And in fact, you know, and I think Kevin would love this. There's even been a little bit of like, Hey, let's try this. Right. Because when someone runs something, they do it away. Right. A, right. a company, yep. a company does something in a way. Mm -hmm. So there's new opportunities now, new avenues. And so, um, I love Joe like a brother. He, he actually was with Kevin. Joe's very instrumental in the Oak Island story. Joe Lassard. If you're a fan of Oak Island and you know the name Kevin Burns, you should know the name Joe Lassard because Joe Lassard was with Kevin Burns all those dinners. And he was trying to convince Rick and Marty to do this thing do the show yeah yes wow. so he is key and important and a wonderful person uh we share a lot of things our values in common we've become again like brothers not just co-workers and um i love them and i miss kevin tremendously i miss his laugh oh i miss everything about him um this thing wouldn't exist without him because remember again yeah, yeah. Rick, rick and marty would be there right now with no cameras doing what they're doing yeah. with probably just smaller equipment right yeah yeah uh, right but uh it was all kevin that was like no this has to be a show you have to do a show you guys have to do a show so awesome. if you love oak island thank kevin burns yeah yeah are here. you amazed that or the fellowship amazed that this thing has ex literally exploded all over the world i mean it, it to me, I mean, we're from we're mid November. And we've acquired members right and left and great chat. And I don't do they realize how big this has become? They at all? Yes, but they they begrudgingly accept it. You know, the brothers Rick and Marty. They'll say to me like they'll just literally say like, 
I can't believe people want to watch us do this. You know, <laughs> that's what I keep saying. Like, and I, I, I say to them all the time, <laughs> I'm like, you guys are worldwide celebrities, yes, like it or are. not. And they, and they, they just can't get their minds around it, but they, they intellectually understand. Yes. The success of the show. Definitely. But I think they're emotionally baffled by it. Yeah. Yeah. And you are too. Everybody. That's why I was telling Carmen. I said, you are a world renowned blacksmith. Yes. And, and, and person that has written a book about oxen and the use and care of oxen. And, and you know, you're world renowned now. So yep. you got to live that. You got to wear that. That's it, man. <laughs> so That's humble it. at the same time. And so are you because you're a part of this as well. So you, <laughs> I mean, I'm not even on the show and I can't, I, I, like I'm not even on the main show and I can't now in the last two seasons, like I, I had my son at the driving range the other day in another state, uh, about an hour from where I live. And I was wearing a baseball cap and a mask, a mm -hmm. baseball cap and a mask. And I walked by a guy and he goes, Hey, you going to find something? <laughs> he knew who you uh, were. Yeah, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. That, I was going to say, it probably really has changed your life. And and one of the things that I, I, I did want to say too, is that, on the, the drilling down that you did with Dave Blankenship talking about his father and him and his life, one of the things that Dave had said in that was that he would be out in public and somebody would see him and he'd be like, hey, I'm, that's Dave Blankenship. And they, he he had he said, he even said to you on the show, he said, somebody came up and he said, I know you. Yeah. And he said, you don't know me. <laughs> yeah. and, but he said that f jokingly because, yeah. you know, And but the thing of it is, is that we as fans of the show, watching it, every week, week in, week out. And many times for people like me have gone back and watched them again and the beyonds again and the drilling downs again and again, we do feel like we know you. We, we feel as though we know you enough to say, I do know him, even though you don't, we'd never met you and I met today for the first time, but we do feel like that. And yeah. that's what you guys bring to this for us. And you yeah, we, feel, we feel the pain, we feel the excitement. Yes. I mean, yes. all the emotions are with you. That's so we awesome. do feel like we know you, even though we don't, we do feel like we know well, you. I can tell you this, you know us more than you would know most 99.9% .9 of reality shows on television. Yes. I you agree with me? With that. And that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. And it, and that's very true because, you know, we, we do, we do feel like we know you and, and even though we don't, and it's, it's, but like I said, that's what you guys bring to us each and every week. And it's just, you carry us along with this whole story. Um, one thing I was going to say too, and it was just, I know we're, we're getting close to two hours and I, and I always promise to hold it to two hours. Thank I know you. you've got a life and you got things to do. Um, one thing that, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the, the, uh, the Dave Blankenship and, uh, or Dan Blankenship and Fred Nolan feud Yes, and you had an episode called the, uh, I think it was called the great feud Yes, uh, going down. And I love that special too, actually. Yes. And that is another really, really good one because we heard about it but you brought it out and really talked about it. Um, what was your take on that? And did Dan actually say how he regretted some of that happening? Yeah. Well, one of the things that came up during one of the interviews, which I don't think aired was, and this surprised me. Um, a couple of things surprised me. One was just that it went to the Supreme court. Mm. It went to the Supreme court of Canada, that feud. Yeah. Yep. I mean, ridiculous. And then another story I never knew was, Rick seeing, uh, you know, one of the Nolans have to literally like take a boat and cross way over because they weren't allowed to use the causeway. And Rick goes, right. all right, Marty, enough, like, enough. This is insane. Mm. And that kind of started that ball rolling of them trying to heal the Island. 
Um, and the third thing that really stuck out to me, though, this was a surprise. A man who used to work for Dan Blankenship kind of disagreed with the uh, animosity part of it. Mm-hmm. Now, no doubt they they butted heads. Mm-hmm. But also, he said Dan respected the hell out of Mr. Nolan. Really? And and in fact, would say things like he's a he's a knowledgeable, tough son of a gun. I don't know who'd win if we ever did, you know, you know what I mean? Like he and so it was more about, according to this witness, more about them trying to hold information from each other out of respect and fear of the other one, of mm-hmm. their ability to solve oh, wow. it. Oh, As, wow. and, and I always kind of took it like two guys who hated each other and there was a feud over land. And it was more about this guy's my equal. Mm-hmm. He's my intellectual and treasure hunting equal. And I better be very wary of him. Right. So this kind of begrudging respect and in the end of their lives, although they never got together through Rick and Marty, they did. There was a truce. I mean, the fact that they were willing to and now it's really cool to watch, you know, Tom Nolan and and Dave Blankenship stand in the swamp and laugh together and their kids Mm -hmm. play together. Yep. Right. His grandkids and the Nolans will play together. So. Oh, that's awesome. It's really a great. It's fascinating story. To me, it's always a wonder if they would have ever gotten along, would we be here today? What could have been? Because of of the minds that they had. What could they have accomplished if they would have worked together? Yep. Continued to work together. And what secrets? Look at the the Behringer survey. Yes. This season. What secrets do they still have beyond the grave that we don't know? You know, Rick always told me, he told me in the last Drilling Down special we did, he said something, when his name came up, he said, I don't think he told me all he had yeah. I know no. that, you know that, that, no, nolan nolan me, mr nolan i have friend he never had Cajun. a chance to get a relationship like he had with a right that's right that's right and even then he would say he would let things slip he would say well i found that there and rick would go oh where do you find it go oh i, I forget i forget yes. or you know he would just <laughs> he would just move on and rick would be like damn it but i, 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 had him. I, I can remember i forget what show it was Fred came over where Rick was working and they were pulling stuff out of grinders as it's five feet apart, you know, whatever it was, some cores five feet. And all Fred kept saying was five feet apart, five feet apart. And I you could see that gleam in his eye. Rick looked at him and Fred turned around and walked away. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's Just him. That's him. But you're right. They kept, they had so much stuff that they, uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting way to look at that. I never yeah, thought about that. I hadn't either. Yeah. That's very, yeah. very Grudging respect. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The last thing I wanted to bring up too, was that, you know, you are the host of drilling down and, uh, and we love you for that. And we think you do a fantastic job, but I had to say, boy, you got, you got, uh, kind of bumped aside on one by William Shatner. Um, and then he comes on and he does one. I was, did you get to meet William Shatner? I did still haven't. No, oh, wow. I wasn't on the island when he came, and that was part right. of the. Yep. That was part of it. Um, hey, look, when the captain of the Enterprise comes on board, I step aside. <laughs> I don't know what the salute was in Star Trek, but I would live long and prosper. I guess. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, right. No, but him, him and Kevin Burns were actually quite close. Were they? And I, I think that that's how that was born. Uh, and he loved Oak Island, you know, um, they were, or was fascinated by Oak, interested in Oak right. Island. So it was a natural, I, I was not there and it was, uh, Hey, if, it only helps me, you know what I mean? <laughs> Captain Kirk doing a drilling down yeah. helps me. 
Yeah, that was that was a good one. And I, you know, of course, you know, being the the nerdy uh, guy that I am, you know, of course, I watched all those, you know, Star Treks. I I was watching, and and I'm going to share my age here a little bit, but I was watching Star Trek when it was an all new episode coming up next week with Kirk. So yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, that that you know, having him on there was really cool, and I thought. Where's Maddie though? We need Maddie. You need yeah. to be part of this. Well, I- you know what was cool about that special, Jeff, is that it's funny. I watched it and I go, okay, so he's like, in in a way, this is I, in a way, it's it's detrimental for any new fans finding Oak Island. Mm-hmm. I I get down into the in depth stuff, right? Mm-hmm. William Shatner was kind of almost like resetting the show in a way. He's going like to Gary Drayton. Now, who are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I would never do that. I'd be like, yeah. so Gary, talk about what you found in C1. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the yeah, C1 yeah, exactly. And so I think this, this show constantly has new viewers. So I think it was a really good way to kind of like reset it for people who might not have found it yet. And they see Captain James T. Kirk asking Gary Drayton his background story. So I think it was yeah. pretty, I think it was really valuable. Um, yeah. Right. Because I'm like I said, I'm too into it almost. <laughs> All right. To wrap this up, I wanted to just have you see if you could share. I know you've got some some funny stories, uh, things that you guys have seen on the island that we've never seen. And we love the background stuff, the stuff that's off camera. Uh, can you share any funny stories with anybody or multiple people or, you know, what do you yeah. think? <laughs> well, I'll give you what's very like touching to me and funny and it's just like a i don't know i hope it's not i hope people don't think it's dumb or whatever but i just this just popped into my mind the other day because i was i've I've been i was with rick and marty recently Mm -hmm. and you know one of the things that people love about them is they're kind of like childlike brotherhood i know people Mm -hmm. really identify with that yep and so and then my relationship with them has gotten closer over the years obviously and there was it was just last season last season we were doing work we were working all day and i had jumped in the water at smith's cove was done for the day and it was just me rick and marty and like the crew's picking up cleaning up mm-hmm. and it was a stressful day rick's filthy and marty's tired yeah exactly as always <laughs> and we just started chatting and somehow they they wanted to show me something about shaft six like, like rick said have you seen so and so and I said, no, uh, he said, you need to see this if we're going to talk about this. And I said, okay. So there's a huge spoils pile left over, not spoils pile, dumping grounds from as they were prepping to lay down uh, the coffer dam, the steel coffer oh. dam mm-hmm. in Smith's Cove. Yep. So there's a massive pile of mud and dirt and it must've been, I'm going to, I'm going to say 40 feet high, wow. 30 to 40 feet high. And so he said, you know, we'll be able to see it better from up there. So we're all exhausted and we're tired and we start kind of making our way up this mud hill and it was quiet and we're going a little, and also I noticed like Rick and Marty are kind of like elbowing each other out of the way. Like, and I'm like, what? And then he goes, King of the Hill. And the three of us started just like (laughs) tackling each other, like literally like three little children. And I remember like one of the assistant producers, the AP is like, Hey, 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 Oh, Whoa, Whoa careful like what are you are two stars like what are you doing and we started going at it like trying to get up to the top That's of the hill hilarious. and we, we we tumble over each other we're laughing and we get to the top of the hill and we're like muddy we're like breathing and i just went 
how old are you two? And they both started <laughs> laughing. And and they started telling me about when they were kids. Like, that's if you climb a hill at certain points, it's going to be who's going to get to the top first. Yep. And we were yep. laughing and high-fiving. And then they showed me the thing. We came back down. And I just – and I remember saying to one of my producers on the ride back, I said, that that will be with me the rest of my life. That will yeah, be with, with me the rest of my life. That's awesome. That really is. And that, you know, we get that feeling from them guys and we get that feeling from you on the island and, and, uh, we can't thank you enough for, for what you do and how you've brought this. And again, I know I said this earlier, but your enthusiasm, uh, you, we live vicariously on the island and through this, on this team, through your eyes in many cases. And I can't thank you enough for that. I know the members feel the same way because it's just we would love to be there, but we can't, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, if things open up to where we can get on the Island at some point, you know, I, and, and COVID is again, rearing its, its ugly head for uh, delaying things. I know we've heard that Rick's already out there. Um, but even so, if people go out there, they have to, they have to quarantine. Um, so uh, hopefully, and have you, have you heard, I mean, I don't know what you, all you can talk about on that is all, but, but is it, is a quarantine really affecting things again this year for everybody getting over there? As of now, to my knowledge, nothing has changed vis-a-vis yeah, the quarant the quarantine rules that we would have to follow. So again, you would you would have an affected season. Um, but I would say this: um, the you know, what, uh, I have to be so careful. I know. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. What, what they've accomplished, given the obstacles they had with COVID this season mm -hmm. gives me no reason to think that if that happened again, they couldn't accomplish yeah, very true. as much, you know, they, they, in fact, Marty even said that, um, the, the mm -hmm. narrowness of the focus made it so that we actually maybe did better in some ways. We weren't right. all over the Island. We, we couldn't do a big dig because of COVID. We couldn't do massive caissons. So we did this exploratory drilling, this gridded program and it, mm -hmm. and it told them a lot. So yeah. And the road in the swamp. We may not have gotten all the road yeah. in the swamp. Amen. That's it. So, it would have been, oh, cool. True. Stone anomaly. Let's go up there and continue the massive dig. You know, yeah, exactly. So we, we're yeah. going to work this. We're going to archaeologically uncover this. Yep. Yeah. If one door closes, others will open and it has, and that's a great thing. So, but anyway, I wanted to thank you so much, Maddie. This has been oh. a wonderful two hours. I knew yeah, it would be. I, I just knew that this would be like the best two hours I could spend on a Saturday. Love uh, it. Too. And it has been wonderful. Thank you so very much for coming on and doing this with us. So we appreciate you. And that was one of the things that we were worried about the timing of it. You know, it's always better to have a, somebody come on after the season is over so they can talk about everything that's happened because of NDAs and that. But um, we had to work within the confines of your schedule and our schedule and everything. But man, I tell you what, thank you so very much. I'm honored to meet you and have you come on the show and share oh, your stories with us. I hope that you'll come back. Oh, please. I, hey, I'll come back after this season finale. Trust me, you're going to want to talk to me. That's all. Oh, good. All right. We'll be here. Stay tuned, everybody. And thank you guys. And thank you to the fans. It truly does mean the world to the team. You inspire them, you keep them going. And fans, super fans like you, Jeff and Jack, really uh, keep us going. So thank you. Yeah. Well, we love the show and we love what you do. And uh, again, I, I just love to be part of it in the simple way that I am. And, and I know Jack feels the same way. And Linda. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, you, the fans are everything. If there's no fans watching it, we're <laughs> yeah, done. Exactly. So thank yeah, you. I know. 
All right. Well, I'm going to thank our guests our, uh, again uh, for Maddie to come on the show and Jack for being here and uh, Linda out there doing all the hard work. And Jan, I know you're out there doing stuff as well. Thank you, members, for being here. This has been a phenomenal couple of hours. And I'm going to ask once again, if you're watching on the YouTube side, feel free to jump down there and just click on that subscribe button for us. We really appreciate that. And, and you guys being here. This is why we do this, because we love the show. We get to talk about it and we get to hear things like from Maddie today. Thank you again, Maddie. Thank you all. Thank you. Maddie. You guys have a great rest of your day. Maddie, if you don't mind, hang out just for one second. All right. Before we go. All right. Goodbye, everybody.